Lovely Mike. <laughs> nice one, mate. Great fun. Yeah, yeah good tune. I'll remember April. Um, welcome to uh, tonight's Jazz Conversations, coming live from the Gypsy Hill Hotel. Um, with me are my co-hosts, Coach York and Al Swanger, and we have this wonderful guest tonight, very fine, a superb jazz pianist, and also a very fine uh, violin player, so we're going to have plenty of uh, enjoyment of that later on when we uh, go into concert together at 8 o'clock, coming from the club. So how did you first get into uh, jazz? Well, the, the, well it's the very first time I ever made a decision to be a, j a jazz pianist was um, when I was 16. Because up until that time, I'd, I'd been a pub pianist because I didn't know any better. I'd never really heard any jazz to speak of. And at the age of 14, my friend and I were walking past this pub in Poole, Dorset, and he said, you play the piano, there's a piano there. Come on in, come on. I'll ask the barman if you can play. And I, I thought he was joking. And he dragged me into this pub. He said, can my mate play the piano? And he said, yeah, if he wants to. And I started playing the piano. All these people started buying me drinks. And I don't remember anything after that, really. <laughs> but at the age of 16, and this, it seems incredible now. This is absolutely gospel. There was an advert in Melody Maker. Because I, I had, I'd had a job. They employed me regularly playing in this pub, two nights a week. And I said, sit there and get £2.50 a night, which doesn't sound a lot now. But bearing in mind that all my friends at school were doing paper rounds for a quid a week, it was pretty good. Mm. And, uh, and I wrote a letter because there was an advertisement in Melody Maker. Sorry, this is a long answer, I know, sorry. But no, I've got time. There's an advertisement in the Melody Maker that said, Pianist wanted on the Costa Dorada. And I wrote them a letter and told them what I did that I played in this pub. And I got a letter back and it said, thank you very much, you sound ideal, but we found somebody but we'll bear you in mind. And then I got a telegram. It said, pianist has broken leg. Come out to the Costa Dorada as soon as you can. Send telegram if you're able to do it. I sent them a telegram and I turned up there, flew out, never been abroad before in my life, turned up at this pub in, near Barcelona. And this woman said, oh my God, you're not, you're not Mike Hatchard. I said, yes. She said, oh no, you only look about 19. Oh, I thought from your letter you were 50 at least. And she said, <laughs> She said, what on earth are you going to do if somebody, if somebody asked for a tune, like if you were the only girl in the world or something? And I said, well, I'd play it. She said, well, go on then. So I, so I played it and she said, oh, OK. Anyway, the, 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 the upshot of this is I was there one night and this, this uh, Scandinavian guy came up and he said, can you, can you play any jazz, please? You know, and, I, and I sort of said, yeah, but I couldn't because I didn't really know what jazz was. And I kind of played something that I thought was a bit jazzy, which is probably sort of... And sort of did that for half an hour or something. And he said, that's fantastic, bought me a drink. And I made up my mind then that I was going to be a jazz pianist. I just... And well, as soon as I got back to the UK, <laughs> I went out and bought a jazz album. I bought an Oscar Peterson album to find out what jazz was. Great. And that was it. Sorry, long answer. I do apologize. No, it's a good one. It's a good answer. <laughs> so what happened when you got back? Did you, uh, did you look to go in to study... Did you go to college and so on I, after that? I did. I was, I was a terrible student, but I, I managed to... Um, yeah, I did A-levels and everything at, at yeah. Paul Tech. And then I... And I wasn't going to. I, 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 was doing a, I was quite busy. I was doing a lot of gigs around Bournemouth yeah. at, 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 as a teenager. It was quite a healthy scene back then. Yeah. And I was MDing summer seasons and things. And I had no intention of carrying on with it. But after I'd done my A-level, which amazingly I, I managed to scrape through, even though I was never there at the college... And a year later, I, I bumped into my teacher and he said, what are you up to? And I said, well, I play a couple of nights a week in a hotel and I play with a few bands. 
And he said, well, I think you're, you're wasting your life. He said, I happen to, I've heard that in Colchester, there's a couple of people who dropped out of the music degree course. If I put in a phone call, you could probably go there. And this was October. Right. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I went and auditioned, and then I got a grant to do a degree in music. And then after that, I did a postgrad at the Royal College. But, um, Great. But I never, I, by, that, by then, I was playing with the National Youth Jazz Orchestra. And I, yeah. I, how I got away with it, I do not know. I mean, I was... Uh, every weekend I'd be a sort of up and down the country playing in Middlesbrough or somewhere, you know. And, <laughs> and, and it does seem extraordinary, especially the way that things are now. But back then I got a grant to study music and a very healthy grant, you know. Good. So that kept Good. me alive, basically. That's great. Well, got the degree, but uh, I haven't used it. I've, I've not been aware. No one ever says to me, we can't give you a gig unless you've got initials after your name. That's never happened yet. So <laughs> uh, it never does. No. No. So uh, you did quite a bit of stuff with Nigel. At what age did you join Nigel? I was relatively late joining Nigel. I think I was 20 and uh, I was right. there for a couple of years. Till... Well, I left actually because I, f I felt that I was too old, which was quite honourable of me really because um, afterwards it seemed that some much older people were playing in the band. But mm -hmm. I think I left when I was 22. Yeah. And I did go back, actually. They went, a few years after that, they were desperate. They couldn't find a piano player, remarkably. And I did a, they did a tour with Victor Moan. And I went back and I felt ever so old. I think I was 28 by then. I felt absolutely right. prehistoric, you know, with people like Nigel Hitchcock, who, were, who was 12 at the time, you know, <laughs> tear, tearing everybody apart. And Mark Nightingale, who was 15. Yeah. Wow. And I was this old man of 28. 28. <laughs> old. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So what, um, so what was the first group that you, your own sort of group you put together at that time? Did you use guys from Nigel or did you just... I did a little bit, yeah, I used to play at the Bull's Head. Um, yeah. But I was never very good at putting groups together, I think right. it takes a lot of confidence, but I did do gigs, yeah. And I used to do the 606 Club in the early days and that was right. with Clark Tracy yeah. and Alec Dankworth. Right. They were Between. both sons of famous people. Mm. And although I shouldn't really say this, at that time, they, they weren't that great in a way. I mean, they, they both became phenomenal players later mm. on. Yeah, yeah. But it seems funny. It's, yeah, we used to play at the 606 regularly. And uh, Paul Morgan, I used to share a flat with Paul. Yeah, yeah. And I'm working with Paul, actually, tomorrow night. Oh, and, great. Uh, he used to, we used to do gigs together and things, and duo right. gigs, made an album, I think. Well, it's an but I never... Yeah. I always wanted to get a band together, but it, uh, it's only in recent years that I've really got the bottle or maybe the organisational skills to, yeah. to actually do that now. That's the trick, isn't it? It's the organisational skills that it we don't, really, don't all it? have as musicians. And you've got to be quite... Um, yeah, and also seeing your name up there, you know, it, it's the Mike Hatchell Quartet, I could never cope with that. I always felt quite embarrassed by that. Because <laughs> if you want to work with really good players, you, always, you, work with the, you book the best players you can and then you feel that... It shouldn't be cordial quartet, it should be their quartet. Yeah, That's always my yeah, feeling. It yeah. doesn't bother me anymore. No. It doesn't bother me at all now. Quite happy to, I've booked some brilliant players and I'm quite happy if it's my name on the, on the thing. Don't now, even mention them. Don't mention their names then. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So we're going to play another tune and a nice ballad. I think we should do the Latin. Let's do the Latin. Do the Latin next. Yeah, yeah let's, lovely. That's uh, quite yeah, nice. Nice acres and acres of A minus six to set it up. Oh, somewhere. yes. Got acres of them. Mm -hmm. 
nice one, guys. It's a great nice tune, tune, isn't it? Can't go wrong with a bit of Jobim. Well, it's lovely playing with two pianos. I mean, it's just so... It's, I don't know about you, I, I don't often get to do this. It's, no. It's enjoyable. <laughs> it's enjoyable. I really like I, it. I've always envied yeah. sax players. I mean, you talk, you talk to Alan Barnes or somebody, he said it's brilliant, the camaraderie in a section, you know, and they all swap solos. And, mm -hmm. and I, I play a little bit. I took up trombone when I was 50. And to my surprise, there was this local big band, and they were so desperate for a second trombonist, they asked me to play with them. So every Monday, they're going to play trombone. And it's just brilliant being in a section. It's such a different experience. And, you, you, and I actually did, I did three gigs on trombone, three mm. professional gigs. And the first one I did, I thought, this is, I've arrived, you know. It was, it was just so enjoyable. You turn up, it takes two seconds to put your instrument together, get out of the case, and it's virtually assembled. You sit there. Somebody gives you some easy music, you play that, and then you sit there and just listen to people play all night instead of playing away all the time, like you do when you play piano. And then you, it's your solo, so you stand up, you do a bit, and you sit down again and just listen to the guy next to you take a solo. <laughs> Brilliant. It's much easier, isn't it? It really is, yeah. So they much. They don't know, they're born trombone they, they players. Yeah. That's typical <laughs> trombone players, isn't it, really? The sludge pump, as it's affectionately known, isn't it, amongst other oh, perhaps great. more derogatory terms. We, we won't go to them. No, it's probably best not to uh, slag off trombone players. You never no, know who's listening to you. They're bigger usually than you as they're, well. They're, they're very big sensitive. units, aren't they? Ian and Bateman's tall, isn't he? Big guy. And he's a, he's a big Nightingale. guy. Yeah, they are big, Huge aren't they? I've always thought that, yeah. Malcolm L. Smith? He's not short, is he? He's tall. I haven't worked with him for years, but yeah, wait, last very time I saw him, they are, they're very tall. I, I, don't know why they, I don't know why there's any sort of controversy about who becomes a trombonist or not. You should just look at the ones that are very big when they're born yeah. and give them a trombone. That's what I, I think. That's it. It's just instead of wasting obvious, all those really, years of really looking around, stop messing yeah. around with other instruments. I know, as they say. Take up the sludge pump. Yeah, it's true. So what's what are you up to now? Chris, what Christine is quite a big guy as well. Isn't he, he is, and he's not short. No, he's not no. short. No. There must be a short trombone player out there. I can't think of any. I'm struggling. And the irony is that. He's not very big. They're, Dennis they're Rollins. Why do you think trombones? That's a ridiculous thing. I mean, you know, they don't need to be. There big, are. Some, I know some very diminutive drummers, and they lug all this gear around. Mm. You know, and they they can hardly manage it at all. I'm not, I'm not suggesting all that. But yeah, it's it's a shame. But anyway, you can't sort the world out, can you? No, we can't. We haven't got time. No, not tonight. Perhaps another <laughs> night. Stay over, and we'll discuss it tomorrow. So, what what are, you, what are the current projects you're into? What are the things you're doing now that? Uh, Oh, well, my life's sort of taken some strange turns lately. I've, uh, ah. Well, I've, I've just had, a, just had a, a cartoon strip accepted for Viz. Wow. Which That's is, a bit left field. I know. It's quite amazing. So what is the character, can you tell us? Or is yeah, it the character is called, um, it's called The Unfaithful Mrs. Barrington <laughs> and her bear-loving husband, Norman, and it was in last month's, and they've just accepted the sequel, so that comes out next week. Fantastic. So it's quite a nice life for me at the moment, because I'm just going... And I'm very busy. I've never been as busy as I am at the moment. Oh, great, man. So I'm just going out and doing gigs all the time, but... Excellent. Because I can draw on a laptop, when I turn up at gigs now, I, 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 can, I can drive halfway to the gig and then spend the afternoon in a cafe somewhere just drawing cartoon strips. Wonderful. So you do all the characters as well? You do all the, the yeah, pictures of them? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Because I, <laughs> I noticed you went for Portrait Artist of the I Year. I did. I didn't get, I didn't get accepted. Oh, that's I a shame. Cause I, I, it's I great. didn't get accepted for that. I've been trying to get in there for about seven years. And the really annoying thing about that is that you have to do a portrait, a self-portrait. Mm. So I've got hundreds of self-portraits at home now. Every time anybody comes around, they think I'm the most <laughs> egotistical bloke in the world. <laughs> Everywhere you look, there's a portrait of me by me. 
oh, so annoying. But uh, yeah. But no, apart from that, no, the gigs, I, I just... Because um, you live I, in Hastings, I yeah? live in Hastings, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a nice town. Yeah, it's, uh, well, Leanne's the there as well, so... Oh, well, Leanne, yeah, that's absolutely... Yeah, she's, uh, she's the local goddess, yeah. She is as well, she's fantastic. She's quite something. I, yeah, I work with Leanne about twice a year on average, and I, I just love it. It's... Uh, it's that, yeah, I mean, in fact, the only, what, the only times I ever played with two keyboards are with, either with you on this occasion or with yeah, me. Yeah, great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she is something else. She's fabulous, isn't she? Tremendous fun, and that voice is just world-class. It really is world-class, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, She's doing very well these days, but she should really be up there. She should she, be, uh, yeah. Yeah, she should be yeah, I, I would put her up there. I mean, it might sound ridiculous, but I would put her up with Ella or... or um, or Billie Holiday, really. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would. really think yeah, she's in yeah. that league. No, she's that good. She is. She's quite something. Yeah. That lovely album. She was it. Uh, Seaside. Seaside. Yeah. And she does the most exquisite version. I'd never heard it done like this before. Man. Bring me sunshine. Really. It's absolutely gorgeous, done as a ballad. She'll do anything. Yeah, oh, can make anything but sound it was, good. You know, I, it was so beautiful. You know, it was, it was wow. almost almost weeping. I was. Yeah, it was so she, beautiful. Has that effect on me? I, I, yeah, well, I did. A, I did. A, we did a charity gig not that long ago because it was a big charity gig. Um, I made the mistake of asking for requests, and somebody asked if you'd do some George Michael. Oh dear. <laughs> well, quite. And and I mean, a lot of singers would have simply said no. You know, but Leanne, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> And we did a we did a, a two piano two vocal version of I never never was it um, we did that careless whisper yeah careless whisper that's it and mm -hmm. we did that and neither of us knew it so we're bluffing off making other words but with the answer it was the most magical experience it's yeah I bet it years was. ago Wonderful. I was years ago just after September the eleventh I was doing a week after I was doing a gig with Leanne in Eastbourne lunchtime. And the whole world was in shock. 9-11, yeah. you know, everyone's just gone yeah, mad. It was sure, a total yeah. meltdown. Everyone was walking around stunned, thinking we were all going to experience the same kind of annihilation, yeah. you know. And we were doing this gig, and it was just a normal gig. It was all fine. And then this bloke said, would you play New York, New York? And I said, no. Yeah. And he said, oh, that's a shame, because if you do, I'll put two... Because people were collecting money at the time. Right. And he said, if you do, I'll put £200 in that box. I said, are you mm -hmm. serious? He said, yeah, if you, if you do New York, New York, mm -hmm. 200 quid in there. And I said to him, yeah, I'm sorry, I think we'd better do it, you know. But I, I said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that, because that would have been a weird thing to have done anyway yeah. under, at that time. So instead, I started doing a sort of... Um, We're both playing it like this, and Leanne was playing along with it. It was, it was beautiful. Then she started singing it, yeah. and there was this kind of spreading a new. I can't, I can't possibly emulate her, but it was that no, kind of very quiet. It was one of the most magical experiences of my life. And that's nice being done like that. Oh, it's wonderful. I quite like that. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Excellent. So, what are we going to finish our? Uh... Um, we sorted out another tune, didn't we? We what did. Um, I remember the key. I can't remember what the tune was. I one and only love. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that was a ballad. Yeah. Why not? Do you want to do some in? Anyway, thanks. Thanks ever so much for doing this today, Mike. Real Thank pleasure. You Thank you guys, Coach York and Al Swanger.
Lovely, Mike. Great. Lovely, guys. You've been listening to Jazz Conversations, uh, coming here from uh, the Gypsy Hill Hotel. Thank you very much for listening.